Welcome to the VoxGig podcast. We talk to people in the developer community about developer relations, public speaking, and community events. For more details, visit voxgig.com podcast. All right, let's get started. Today's guest, Aravind Petruvu, is an angel investor who started out in developer relations. Now he helps startups in the DevTool space execute developer relations the right way. And in particular, we try to answer the question, is developer relations right for your business? Hello, and welcome to the Fireside with BoxGig podcast. Today, we are speaking to Aravind Petruvu, who does a lot of things, Aravind. <laughs> You're a busy man. Um, I'm going to let you explain to our audience all the different things that you do, um, some of which is to do with developer relations. Yeah. Saying busy is a subjective thing. I would definitely say that because maybe I'm not busy at all to when you compare with say likes of Microsoft CEO who's like <laughs> doing multiple things. <laughs> He's a little bit busy at the moment, all right, for sure. <laughs> uh. So so, uh, so yeah, I think uh, at this point of time in career, uh, I've, I've, I've already done, I've been an engineer and did a lot of things, uh, built things and also like been an evangelist, uh, working founder. So I do three primary things. Um, that are, of course, related to developers, communities, and, uh, you know, uh, founders. So I, I kind of look, do several consulting, uh, uh, part of professional consulting, helping with product marketing, uh, uh, product strategy, or like, you know, community development. I just would not say community building, but also development, and then, you know, more of that sort of thing, and content, doing some content around that. Um, and after that, uh, I also like uh, have a niche to build something uh, over over the years, and then really, really want to uh, you know build something valuable, productive, and you know help help people like you know. So I, I am building something in the SaaS area, and uh, it's more of a tool that helps uh, the go to market teams. And uh, okay, it's it, it, it's uh, it's work in progress, but I'm going to unveil really soon. Okay, you're and... still in stealth mode, but it's gonna come out. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, and then the third and the recent thing, uh, maybe like it's brewing in some from some time, but then I have not done a lot of stuff. Is like uh, angel investing. I'm I I discovered that myself. I I am very interested in like you know startups and mm. working with founders and markets and analysis and doing a lot of that. And uh, I really want to work with few founders who are amazing at what they do with their ideas and probably help with my skills and then also see if they could leverage my skills. Uh, so creating a win-win-win for everyone because I could probably introduce that brand, the developer brand to the public. And then also like wherein I kind of like invest in them and then I, the founder also finds the right skills. So it's, it's like a good partnership that I build. So the, I've done public investments, but that's that's what the, the the trend is going on that side. Yeah. Awesome. At the risk of destroying your inbox, <laughs> <laughs> are you mostly looking at startups in the um, I suppose developer tooling space because that aligns with your skills in developer relations, or is it anything and everything? Yeah. See, my strong area is like open source data security and developers. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So this is the area. So I've done um, like quite a bit of work for Elastic, uh, say for five years or so. And uh, it, Elastic as search is omnipresent, as you could see. Uh, and uh, because of the nature of the product, I built relationships with several people, several communities, several domains, industries, use cases, whatnot. 
right? So, yes. so I have a very uh, big picture understanding of how people would want to pursue some things in the developer uh, area. And uh, if I find something really, really interesting, um, and uh, that's when I think uh, I, I, I understand that this is a niche and it's, it's a space that needs to be solved. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. So uh, let's let's focus on developer relations for a little bit because that's that's kind of your background and where you where you kind of gained a bunch of experience. Um, one of the, I don't know if it's a controversy, but one of the things that there might be a concern about these days is, you know, is developer relations something that only coders should do, or is it becoming more like um, an influencer, like a YouTuber type role? Um, I'm re really interested to hear your thoughts on that because, you know, we want to be as inclusive as possible. We want to get more people into this role um but is it you know are we ultimately just influencers is that all we are yeah exactly i think uh developer relations is for everyone i would not say that you know just like programming is not restricted right i mm. think uh, uh i i would i would just want to tell one backstory like you know say in the initial days of my career i used to think like you know you need to be a cs grad to understand and write maybe distributed systems programming yes. or something like that so, but at some point I, I found out an electrical engineer who excelled at building something like that's so complex, an algorithm. Yeah. And uh, and it's it, it's like really popular in, in tools, several developers use it or several companies use it. So I realized that, you know, it's it's also not about just uh, what study you do. It's it's about, you know, the, the entire craft and the skill that you like to learn with. But that being said, I, I just want to say that, you know, um, it's, well, it's just not for developer relations is just not specifically for coders, but it's also not like a pure play marketing thing. You need to know the art of like, you know, you need to like invest in time to learn about the entire chain um, mm. and then, you know, maybe contribute some sort of value from your skill point of view to that. Maybe if it is like more about creating content or yeah. maybe it's more about strategizing and executing events, like solving the logistics problem of like going to events network. So uh, social media, whatever, right? So, but but it's just not only one thing. Uh, it's just not distribution. So it, it, it's more than that. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. What I, I mean, I, I often think I think it's a it's a good job for bad coders, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't have computer science either, right? I I, I did mathematics, uh, but that that doesn't make me a good coder. Um, I it it feels like it's a good it's a great role for people who might be more generalist or might have an interest in more than just coding right yeah yeah. you do definitely. events and you know public speaking and all that type of stuff you you do public speaking as well right i think you're you were oh, yeah, you've yeah. been in toastmasters and yes yes i did like super professional and all that stuff right yeah, yeah. If, 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 like i did toastmasters i ran a club and uh, it was amazing i learned a lot about public speaking uh i just want to make sure that like i said everything that i try to do i do it at smaller places. I learn the skill. Yeah. I get to get to know, and then I enter because I know that developer relations, which I am aspiring, needs a lot of public speaking. I have spoken at like yes. more than three hundred developer events, India, Southeast Asia, like you know, and and Europe, many places, like in even US. So so that's what is like uh, uh, very important. Is that one of your? To... Would that be one of your like important pieces of? pieces of practical advice for someone who is in a developer relations role or trying to get into one 
join toastmasters oh very much i think yeah. uh, it really helped me a lot if you are if you are like you know aspiring to be a uh, of course like public speaker which is which is part of your entire uh, uh, thing of like you know uh, developer relations i just want to point out one thing uh, uh, richard here is um so you you said like you know you you have you bad coders maybe like or like a generalist maybe uh, could join this but i think like one spe special skill you need to have is like you know if you are able to articulate a story like learn something and convey it in better manner yes. and ob yes. again articulating doesn't mean to be speaking but also you could write it and uh, probably put it visually so toastmasters makes you do all of this as well so they ah, okay yes. it as well it's yeah. not just about uh, you know speaking yes that's a major part but also it's about putting the text together it, it's putting and probably finding out uh, removing fillers from your speech and you know how do you make sure that you use special words in your so there there are a lot of like how how do you make sure that you can do a one minute pitch it's called jam uh, just a minute session so yeah. more, more more interesting things around uh, public speaking and uh, it's quite technical isn't it right? It's not just it's not just get up and you know be uh, confident on stage, right? There's specific technical things you need to worry about to do it correctly. Oh, yes, definitely. I think uh, and haven't it hasn't come up in any podcast or any interview that I have done, but you brought in a right point. It's technical, and Toastmasters is quite helpful for me uh, yeah. in terms of like uh, thinking clearly. And uh, getting onto a stage and, uh, you know, doing that. In fact, actually, each Toastmaster club instance is like a, is like a play. And you need to prepare for it. There, there's like roles that people take for yeah. it. And, and, you know, and it's very, very awesome. interesting. Yeah. I, I, and I've spoken to other people in the past on this podcast who've been in Toastmasters or found it extremely helpful. So I always, I always highly recommend it, even though I haven't done it myself. I really should. <laughs> uh, so I want to I want to just put a scenario to you, maybe two scenarios, two two uh, a scenario, and we'll break it into two parts. Um, based on your experience with developer relations, right? Based on the consulting work you do, and you've worked in Elasticsearch, like you said, but also with startups. Um, let's say I have a developer tooling startup. And we've, I don't know, we've got an API and an SDK, basic website. We got a seed round so we can finally afford to hire a consultant. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, okay, so this is the, this is kind of the startup scenario. Let's walk us through how you would help that startup. They've just hired you day one and they've built the system, but apart from maybe the founder tweeting or having done a few conference talks they don't have developer relations as an activity right they're starting from zero yeah yeah pretty interesting so uh one of the things with startups uh, especially is like you know they have a short window to find their pmf uh, yes. and and you you get the uh, runway from a seed and then uh, you should find pmf and you should find that repeatable executable thing that uh, that is i would not if you are use selling, maybe it is considered a neg negative, but then everyone needs to make revenue and then everyone needs to sustain. So they should find something that is, of course, valuable, but also like monetizable. 
and uh, that's where whenever someone talks to me about like you know how do i go across uh, pro probably amplifying this uh, if they've already found the pmf and if they know that it's valuable i would definitely like you know ask for their goals irrespective of like you know this way or that way like even if they don't find what's it but that if they have to take it to the developers and um, uh, want to like introduce it to the larger market it's about goals and what are those goals that they want to do because end of the day, if they are raising a, a or a B or C uh, next rounds, it's it's important that they understand that uh, you know uh, the the investors would eventually ask about like they say stars or some metrics around it contributors if it's an open source project if it's like you know API. You think, Aravind, API that you need API. to have product market fit for Series A. Series A doesn't happen without product market fit. Yeah, I think see it's a very interesting question because I think. Uh, with the uh, times, it kept changing, like, you know, in the zero yeah. interest rate phenomena, which is which yeah. like <laughs> easy times. <laughs> it, it, it is, it doesn't matter. All that you need to have an idea and probably something on the web, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and you get funded. But now I think uh, even established startups, which has quite a bit of traction, I meant to say quite a bit, say maybe a million developers in, yeah. in using them and a lot of engagement right, needs to justify that, you know, maybe, yes, we can make uh, probably a 10, 20 million revenue out of the first few years. <laughs> so so it, it's quite yeah. a difficult situation to raise money at this point of time. I mean, what, what we've seen sometimes in our work is startups that have struggled a little bit with that. So they might have a great technical product. And uh, I know of one in particular that took a very developer first approach. So they had a lot of developer relations activity and that actually didn't work for them. And they have repositioned now to be much more uh, enterprise sales focused, right? More traditional, uh, have SDRs and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know yeah. whether it was the type of product or who they were selling to, um, but it's a little bit of a case study in I mean, their developer relations execution was pretty good. Um, so, how would you identify that situation where let's assume the let's assume the root cause was it was the wrong route to market, right? They shouldn't they shouldn't have focused on developer relations. So, if a startup comes to you and says, "Oh, we need to de develop relations," under what scenarios would you say, "No, this is not right. This is not the right approach." Yeah. So. First of all, like how you exactly said, put it out. If it's the top-down sales yeah. product, if it nothing is accessible right from the day one, and people need to give away their, like say, not just email, but just book a 30-minute call with the SDRs to just understand what the product is, then the product is not consumable off the shelf. See, like I said, I have a lot of background from open source and data security. Yeah. That but that being said, I think even... Uh, Slack, which is a SaaS platform, proprietary, it's not open source, uh, but they have a marketplace of apps and they they sell an yeah. API. I mean, like they have apps and all a lot of that stuff, right? So, if you see for them, I think even though they're doing top-down sales, uh, probably right uh, or yeah. PLG product-led growth uh, motion, uh, they still have an API that they sell to developers, and then and then they, they 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 potentially like have a motion. But then if you have completely closed, and I think that's something that maybe not exact fit for developer relations, you could still do some sort yeah. of product marketing, uh, which is like, you know, doing some content uh, around like 
top of the funnel content, more in the marketing sense, like content marketing, building some brand, letting do stuff. So I think somewhere between this uh, community-led growth, bottom-up motion in the marketing mm-hmm. area, this area, and then like, you know, the top-down sales, there comes the PLG flow, wherein um, people can sign up. And that's something still, it, it's evangelizable. And like, you know, it's, it's something that developer relations is still needed and doing that. Yeah. One fine example, in recent times, uh, there are many, many, many companies, but then obviously Datadog as a developer tool, uh, pretty, pretty popular, pretty awesome. Twilio, pretty popular, yes. pretty, yes. like, you know, bunch of, bunch of these companies, they have the, executed on this really well and then, you know, quite popular for what they do. The other scenario is, uh, and this is probably more important for you in terms of putting bread on the table, right? Because startups <laughs> tend to have constrained budgets is, uh, and I suppose this is the question around your developer consulting, right? Which is where you have a more established company and maybe uh, they have sufficient traction, um, but they now need to professionalize their developer relations. Um, so how would you approach that scenario, right? So I'm, I'm hiring you, I don't know, the company's three years old and we definitely have users. Uh, we have product market fits, break even, probably looking at a series A soon. But I, as the founder, have been doing all the developer relations personally and now I need to I need to start professionalizing it. Um, so is that, maybe maybe that's a better match. Maybe that's more of an ideal customer for you, right? Because they have they have money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So most, most of the times I think... Um... Folks like this, they are still not sure that they need to hire a head of DevRel yeah. um, or head of community if they have a community like you know a Slack group, and uh, and then like you no, know, oh, I need to hire a developer advocate uh, who could do this. Uh, both are ideal, but then it depends on like the longevity of the entire initiative again. Uh, so if you want this to be like you know a perennial thing, and uh, that continues to stay re- irrelevant to whatever mm-hmm. the enterprise thing that you wanna pursue. And I think uh, putting up a head of DevRel and then hiring people and few geos, very apt for someone like databases, data platforms, because I think they have to grow and they have to continue to be in the market, but not so me, maybe for a lot of companies which has one API and one SDK or like a bunch of SDKs around the API, but their entire platform is like closed source. They still work with a lot, like say CRMs and all, maybe not very much there. So. Yeah. I think for that area, I think still you could get away with consultant for initial time and then eventually hire a few people and then they could still report to the go-to-market or whoever uh, depends on uh, because it's still like a top-down sales model. Uh, but for then for the open source area, I think you could start at either hiring someone from the community, uh, like customer community or open source community, whatever contributing, I would 100% recommend please consider hiring someone community that gives a lot of boost to the uh, the user base that you have it shows that the goodwill nature and you also give somebody the opportunity uh, to build their career on something that they trusted initially so it's 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 a lot of you know uh, good things that happen together also like uh, a lot many people over index when they're trying to uh, do developer relations. I think um, thinking about oh, I need to get somebody in the experience area and all. Even though they are really good developers yeah. themselves, uh, they don't give another chance to someone who could who's been a developer and be able to articulate and probably do these events. They could put someone like an engineer still in this role and tell these are the things that we need to do as a company. And um, and some engineers vol- volunteer for it, right? Because they're they're attracted to the doing the developer relations. One one. 
I don't know if it's a mistake. One, but one thing that I've seen happen, uh, and people have told me this has happened to them, is they get hired not as a head of DevRel, but just as a developer advocate, the first mm -hmm. and the only one. And yeah. then they're actually expected to deliver all of the work of a developer relations team, right? Code and content and community. Right. Um, and there's, there's sometimes a very unrealistic expectation on one person. Um, I don't know. Have you have you have you come across that? Have you seen people? Have you seen that happening to people? Oh, so much, so much yeah. in the development area, right? Obviously, there's a like lot. burnout is a thing, right? Yeah, there's a big boulder that everyone tries to push out in respect to of uh, whatever the stage of company that they were in because it's just too much. But also, like you should think about from from the founders or the other angle. Um, uh, it's like, you know, there's too little to hire somebody to do some of it, like say event logistics, right? You know, if unless they are doing at scale, and unless they could also find, fill in that position from say marketing angle as well, so that someone could like, you know, get an loaner, do 30% of the work for DevRel, helping the DevRel developer teams and all. So yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's a big, big thing and it's ongoing and quite a few people still feel that yeah yeah <laughs> it's a lot of work <laughs> developer relations is a lot of work um i'm interested in your in your in your personal journey into the space and uh, how you managed to end up as a developer advocate and now as, as a developer relations consultant uh i guess you learned an awful lot you, you worked at Elasticsearch for quite a number of years i guess you learned a huge amount there um so if you don't mind, I'm interested in how Elasticsearch structured their developer relations activity. If you can talk about it much, right? In terms of how big were the teams and how, how did they do measurement? And, um, you know, did they, were they happy with it? Did they keep reorganizing and trying different things? Did they move it from, you know, you've heard of people moving to developer relations, it's from engineering and it moves to marketing and then it moves to its it, reporting to the CEO. And so I'm just kind of interesting interested in what Elasticsearch and you learned from those years. Yeah. So it, now it's like nearly, not nearly, like one year past. Uh, yeah. So I exactly don't know the structure and everything. But when I was there a year ago, uh, it was a large team. It was always have been. And we are Elasticsearch itself is a very popular yes. product that is pulled by developer then pushed by anybody of us. Exactly, it has an right. insane, insane traction. And then, you know, uh, great developer cred uh, that everyone wouldn't think of just using it. So it's a, it's just like which solution I would use it for. <laughs> Can yeah. I use this now for like you know making bread, a baguette, or whatever? Right? You know, it, it's in different forms. So uh, the founder themselves like have done quite a bit of this uh, developer work. Yes, um, and, and it's a good case study of the founders being the first developer advocates. Yeah. Right? And and in fact, actually, one of the very first. Uh, advocates uh, literally got uh, all the training education deep dive knowledge uh, like I, I think david pilato who's like the advocate based of uh, france uh, yeah. and uh, he got directly from chai bannon who is the creator of Elasticsearch. that's so awesome right. and then yeah. That yeah the the kind of like effort the founders have made and even still today i think one of the founder runs the one of the conferences if i'm not wrong so building berlin buzzwords or if still running or not but then uh, search conference very popular still in the search circles and uh, you know that shows the resolve that they put in the community and developers it's a strong strong brand so we were we were like a 
20 25 people team at at like at its peak and uh, we were structured uh, uh, geographically each one were like individual competitor uh, like you know contributors and uh, i was looking after india and southeast asia for the initial days and um, you know i have a, a like coworker alongside a colleague of mine and uh, she used to look at program from the programs perspective mm. she's managed all the programs i'm more like a technical counterpart like say gotcha. you in 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 the enterprise world you could call like a field cto someone yeah, who looks yeah. someone who looks at like the thing helps with identifying uh, events while she could probably do more things around it i would do more like you know uh, hey this is how maybe this event is not a good fit for us right fit for us like you know less price right fit yeah, for yeah. let's not spend more money so more of like now the idea and strategy behind it and i would eventually go and speak um but uh, like we discussed i used to do initial times there were no one around me and then i have pushed all the things myself like you know i used to do 40% of the programs work content sometime 20% very less and then a lot of travel events for like you know reminding uh, it was it was really hard i used to travel for like say 70% of the time including wow Saturday. that's hard that's a lot. yeah it's very that's hard a lot. Uh, but it's it's a fun and engaging um, enterprising for career um, for sure that those five years and um, and yeah this what, is a bit what what question i have for you so with the travel you were traveling to speak at conferences mostly uh, how did elastic search choose which conferences that you spoke at did you did they just say to you personally you know uh, apply to a just pick the conferences yourself was there a strategy or was it just, oh, great, we got a speaking gig at random conference, so we're going to go. Uh, yeah, was there a plan? Uh, yeah, the, there was uh, an elaborate plan end of the day again. Uh, okay. There wasn't any specific strategy. Okay, let's go and definitely target these. Uh, maybe it's now happening across the brands or even for Elastic, like they're doing more AI stuff as you could see now, right now. But then otherwise, it was not exactly uh, like... Uh, let us get any target or something or let us target these conferences but we did have some plans and that's driven by someone like me right you know in this area like say uh david for french and like you know, someone else for the german speaking audience and someone else for the uk and someone in the us west coast east coast so like all of this is yeah. divided and they know what their networks are what are the popular conferences that developers would go and what are the sponsorship tiers and these are like events i mean to say developer events and there are like events which still qualify into developer and marketing where marketing would want to say oh no i'm going to be there like say rsa um, yeah, and then like say KubeCon, which still falls under the developer thing, but also like it's a branded exactly, exactly. Thing, thing, right? So, so more of that. So we we have these quarterly budgets, and uh, uh, we used to also like before like you know fully dividing into like geos and all. We used to have this uh, dotted line reporting where uh, there is a programs uh, leader uh, for the entire programs people, and we all report to a developer advocate leader, and eventually both programs and developer advocate leaders report to. Uh, uh, director of community so that's how it used to work but then eventually we also divided as we grew as a company and, uh, and, and yeah and all. like we split geo-wise and then we had the same structure and application i'll, I'll ask you about a particular problem that happened to me once uh so i was when, when i was working as a developer i forget to, I, I used to put in cfes you know to speak at conferences yeah. and one day i got a call from a conference organizer saying um and and he was unhappy and he said you know you guys are spamming me so, because <laughs> uh, 
in my company, a number of other developer advocates and engineers who spoke at conferences had also submitted to the same conference. And I think he got five different proposals from one from the same company. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I had to say, oh, right, sorry, because we don't coordinate. <laughs> did I mean, did, did how, how did Elasticsearch solve that problem? Because I mean, for us, everybody had their own personal spreadsheet that they were planning with. Was there some way to coordinate things in Elasticsearch or did, did you just oh, yeah. do your personal planning? Uh, what we used to do is like, you know, pull up all the events in a centralized GitHub repository and we have a specific structure wherein we kind of like track all the events. I think it's common across many brands. I've seen people build custom tools. Uh, some yeah. company yeah. in Europe, they have built custom tools for doing this thing and also track CFPs. Um, but otherwise, um, we used to pull all the events uh, uh, at some point, it, it also manifested into like an Airtable doc as well. But then otherwise, um, we have this GitHub where we uh, we kind of like post an event, say CFP, and say that I have submitted. And then you know that the colleague... And then you can uh, see, of course. Yeah, yeah. and it would see definitely about... We would go first and check that. And we would, if someone discovers it, like check. If not there, that's the workflow. Like and put it up in the GitHub place and then that's how it used to work. Now, other thing I want to say is like, we are all bound by geos end of the day. And then- Yes, some yeah, so that helps as well. Events, and then would not eventually find some event interesting one and do it unless I specifically want to speak at say like Strange Loop, which is like a very, very interesting, popular conference in the yeah. US. Uh, and then I would want to like, you know, definitely go on my own. And I would ask my manager, say, hey, I just want to participate, is, yeah. speak at it. This so something something like that, uh, which was just like a career thing that I really want to do or something. And, like I mean, and and when you would, so one of the things I would also do is it wouldn't just be me going alone. There would be a team and they would have a booth. Um, so was that part of your work as well in the developer relations? Did you have to organize booths no, or was that or was that did marketing do that and then you coordinated with marketing or how did that work i, I want to i want to divide this into an answer one like uh, yeah. sorry say one of our, every cfp event that i submitted or like i got a chance to speak at every conference it's not officially or like it's not sponsored at all um it's it's just that i individually go and represent and do that talk meet developers and network engage build connections maybe that's the separate that's how it it ends up now, on the other hand, um, if it's something like, you know, uh, already someone is sponsoring and we are sponsoring, we also have a speaker slot where we would, it's not again sponsored speaker yeah. slot, but I submitted CFPA selected and we speak at it. And um, there is probably somebody, definitely when there is a booth, I'm not the only one, there's going to be someone else as well, at least two people, yeah. uh, even in the same geo or like otherwise. Uh, we have engineering team members who could join, who could have joined us or like, you know, the, the, my other coworker who's in the area, so they would join us, or the community members who are very excited, like community ambassadors who are there, they would join us. Come, so come with you as well, yeah. But who coordinates yeah, yeah. all that? Is was it the marketing department that coordinated that activity? So, like I said, uh, in the developer relations, we have this uh, program coordinator or program gotcha. manager. Okay, there was a specific person. Logistics yeah. around the event, like say sending the banner for the booth and you know preparing that sort of, but dis discussing more of those aspects and like you know technicalities of like what should okay. their collateral be on what what are the things that we need to target what content to be there on the booth so or what swag you could do let us par ideas and then come out with something sometimes to be honest like the program colleagues are awesome and yeah. they, they 
they don't need anything from me and i'm just there to do the technical and developer work i used to enjoy and they used to lift all the non tech work yeah. which is interesting <laughs> and uh, yeah i but did sometimes I did, you have to do it all yourself as well right so yeah i did yeah. which i did for the initial part of like 2017 ish 18 yeah. time i did until they hired somebody which is like really cool yeah And that's I mean that's the thing about developer relations as a job right sometimes it involves you know physical labor of moving carbon yeah, boxes and swag around right it's an interesting job as we speak i still have like a bunch of standees uh, and you know uh, tablecloths uh, stickers yeah. all those <laughs> you never have to buy t-shirts again it's one perk of the job right <laughs> i'm wearing a project t-shirt right now there you go uh, there you go said, uh, my employer says like you you take half of the cupboard space all, all the time <laughs> i know arvind it's it's been really really fantastic talking to you we've we've come to the end of our time uh, i have one final question if you uh if you could go back in time to the start of your career would you choose developer relations again oh very much i i yes. would definitely choose developer relations i i even want to do more structure it more maybe i do more content uh, i i am envious of a lot of people who have, have structured it really well um, right. and uh, and also like you know aspirational and admire their uh, efforts in organizing themselves really well i was not really good at some of these <laughs> things and then and, yeah. and then i think uh, that's what i always continue to improve uh, yeah fantastic there is hope for us yet there's hope for us yet thank you so yeah. much this has been fantastic take care thank bye you bye bye you can find the transcript of this podcast and any links mentioned on our podcast page at voxgig.com/podcast Subscribe for weekly editions where we talk to the people who make the developer community work. For even more, read our newsletter. You can subscribe at voxgig.com/newsletter or follow our Twitter at @voxgig. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.